Destroy All Children is a website just for you If playing with video games is what you like to do Or riding your brain with comics and first run movies too We've got a great selection of news and reviews So search us out on the web, you just won't get enough Of all our digital madness and other fancy stuff We'll also make you laugh until your tummy's feeling buff Destroy All Children you should go there now. Yeah. Hello and welcome to Destroy All Children. I'm Larry Davis. With me, as always, is George Brundle. Hi. Hi. I just got done reading a hundred pages about the Joker. Yeah. Well, we'll that get was, to that, that later. That was my. Yeah, my reading assignment for this episode of the podcast. Yeah, well, I have to do something, you know, keep you on your toes. Uh, also, that book apparently came out like three weeks ago. And I just never noticed because it came out like right <laughs> after the Catwoman one for some reason. Huh. That's a great idea on DC's part. Anyway, what have you been playing recently? Are there news? News. Give me the news. News? Oh, there's news. I don't. Uh, well, I got to pull open the news, which I forgot to do. <laughs> um, now, the, the only real big thing that kind of happened was Mixer just suddenly ending out of the blue. Uh, although, I guess there's not a whole lot to talk about that, really. Um, well, also, it's, it's uh, not like it didn't shut down immediately. Sure. Um, it is now being folded under Facebook Gaming, which means that nobody will give a shit about it anymore. Because they did before, right? No, not really. I mean, they had that thing where they signed Ninja, uh, who I guess was yeah. like that was a big get. Uh, but boy, that's kind of short lived because I think that only happened like what a few months ago. I don't remember. It wasn't that? Can't wasn't say that long ago. Uh, no, me either. That's why I can't place what month it happened. But I want to say that was like it was a thing that happened in 2020. Also, I think I might have actually been the one that killed mixer because i was looking at my xbox Uh dashboard and going down for the first time in a while like past game pass i saw like oh there's an entry for mixer here that will show me all the hot live streams and i can just press this button to make it go away forever and so i did (laughs) and then mixer (laughs) died so i think i wished it into the cornfield that button was just wired wrong so it would actually shut all of Mixer down when you clicked it. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. No. Um I mean I'm happy to take credit for it. Uh but looking at this IGN article about it, uh one bit that I thought was interesting, uh is that it sounds like Mixer employees were not notified of the shutdown. Of course not. So that's cool. <laughs> that yeah. you wouldn't tell the people who are working there that this thing is shutting down. Um this also says uh, moving all 60k plus mixer streams under Facebook brings up and forces a bunch of moral dilemmas for those content creators who are worried about the way Facebook deals with issues of privacy, uh, which is a fair assessment. Uh, I kind of wonder how many people like Ninja who are you know contracted to do stuff through Mixer, like what ends up becoming of those contracts, considering it's getting folded into something else rather than just going away. Uh, yeah, that's something to wonder about. Also, who cares? Yeah. Not me. Like, ultimately, 
big deal. Like Twitch is still kind of the end all be all as far as uh, gaming streaming services goes. So yeah, it's not like anyone was really using Mixer in the first place. No, he can just head back over there. I'm sure there will be something like if it got folded into a different thing, it would allow him out of the contract or whatever, and then can head back to Twitch and play the Fortnites and sure whatever. Kids yes. There was a t-shirt I saw recently that said, I'm not gay, but $20 is $20. And then it just had the Fortnite logo underneath that for some reason. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I, I don't know. I just saw that in a tweet and I thought that was pretty good, but I don't know. Um, oh, the Super Nintendo World theme park opening is delayed indefinitely. Speaking of news, what? that should not come as a shock at all to anybody. Oh, no. Uh God. Um, yeah, not a not a not a whole lot else as far as news that uh, didn't happen immediately when we finished recording the podcast last week that people wouldn't already just know about. Well, as, great. Uh, tends to be the case. So uh, uh, good. Thing oh no, we uh, Crash whole... Bandicoot Four. Yeah, whatever. So good thing we have a whole announced. bunch of uh, comic garbage to fill time this week. Yeah. Although, uh, real quick though. Did... The people behind that Crash game, apparently, they were the ones that did that uh, Spyro trilogy recently. Yeah. Which I did not know. I thought it was the same team that did the Insane trilogy. Nope. Not then they were doing the Tony Hawk remake. Yep. So, that makes sense. Anyway, I'm excited for that. I like Crash. Sure. Uh, I Crash appreciate the decision to use Rockefeller Skank in the trailer for some reason. <laughs> That's the most exciting part to me. Sure. And unfortunately, they did not bring Clancy Brown back for it. They should have. But instead, it's just whoever it is that's been voicing Cortex since uh, the bad ones, I guess. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's uh, they didn't get Clancy Brown for the Insane trilogy either, did they? I don't. No, I don't know if that was just using the original audio or not. Yeah, I'm not I'm not sure. I guess I never really cared much to like sit down and compare the audio and see whether or not they just took the same I mean, audio files and I feel like it might have been using the same audio cuz I want to say it still had the Sony Computer Entertainment America presents at the beginning. Oh yeah, that's uh, true. Which is the thing I most associate with them. But I don't know. Mm. Man, I'm uh, I am playing a uh, a new-ish video game. I don't believe uh, it, you. It's not a recent release. It's a game that came out a few years ago. Oh, uh, that okay. I have put quite a few hours into already. Warframe. Uh, but they recently. Uh, <laughs> I mean, it's pretty much my version of Warframe. I'm uh, I'm back on Dark Souls three. Uh, but that is because they have released a mod for it that uh, really mixes up that game. Uh, it basically adds a ton of armor from Demon Souls and uh, Dark Souls 1 and 2, and I think like even Bloodborne stuff has been added to it. Uh, it messes with a bunch of the bosses to make them more difficult. So like the Gundir fight at the start of the game, he spawns that black mass immediately, and his attacks have like an AoE curse uh, element to it. And then, like, the further you get into that fight, it starts popping up these, like, uh, flames that will curse you when you touch them, kind of like that boss at the end of Dark Souls 2. 
but like the closer you get his HP down to zero, like that, the arena gets like super littered with them. So it does like stuff like that to just make the game a lot harder. Uh, oh boy! But it also fucks with the progression. So like in Lothric Castle, you spawn in a totally different area. Uh, the bonfires have been completely rearranged there. Uh, when I went to the area you would typically spawn in, uh, there was like a a chalice thing there, and when you commune with it, it just takes you to Arch uh, Arch Dragon Peak, and there's no way to get the fuck out of there. So <laughs> you're just in a late game area now, and you're kind of fucked. Um, I like near the area with the dancer. I ran up to like um. There's a little area off to the side, and the Pursuer from Dark Souls 2 just popped in. So okay. that was neat. <laughs> just walking up there, and it just says, like, the Pursuer is invading your game, and you're just like, fuck. So, for um, Dark Souls 3, which was already just, like, Dark Souls' greatest hits, uh, now yes. there, it's just more of that. It is more of that. It is, uh, we've just taken a bunch of assets from the other games, and we've basically just thrown everything in here. Uh, there's like a lot more NPC invasions now, like within Locker, Lothar Castle, uh, I think there was uh, three NPC invasions, uh, which I think is partly them considering that you can't play that online because it would end up flagging Garrett Gount and getting you soft banned. Uh, so I think they put that stuff in there to try to like emulate the, the feeling of playing it online to some degree. Oh good, the worst um, part of any Souls game. I mean, I don't, I don't mind the, like, NPC invasions. They remind me a lot it. of... Well, they remind me a lot of, like, Demon Souls, and I, I like that stuff. But, yeah, like, the weapon I'm using right now is from Demon Souls. So that's neat. And I could tell it's from Demon Souls because it looks like it came from a PlayStation 3 game. <laughs> they didn't update yeah. the graphics on it at all. It's got, like, oh, really no. muddy textures. It's that's great. how it should be. Exactly, I'm into it. Uh, like... One of the things I enjoyed, too, was um, in that starting area, you know how you run past the dragon, you get into the side building, and there is a mimic chest that gives you a weapon. Uh, that's still there, but then when you run upstairs from there, there's another chest that is also a mimic. So I think they were trying to trick you into thinking, like, oh, hey, this is definitely a regular chest. And then getting hit with a second mimic within the same room, uh, except I did not fall for it can't fool me except for when I ran to where one of the bonfires was and it was one of like the ice dancer enemies and it fucking murdered me I mean that, that fooled me pretty good I mean fool, I know, fool me once shame on you fool me twice yeah. won't get fooled again yeah right yes exactly I got fooled into playing more dark souls apparently um yeah, it's uh, it's interesting. Like, I think the best way to describe it so far is just interesting because it's obviously people just fucking with, like, enemy placement and progression stuff. Uh, and so it's a little bit hit and miss. Like, there's one bonfire where you go up a ladder and there's, like, six of the assassin guys waiting for you and they'll stun lock you every single time. So you have to do a weird thing where, like, you kind of halfway pop your head up the ladder and then get them to start running over the ledge, and then you can go up, and that just sort of feels cheap. Uh, it is funny. According to 
that you mentioned this because I was seeing some stuff about people speculating about a Dark Souls 4. And it was mm. like, but why though? Like, why do you care? Like, every From Software game is functionally identical with small changes. And you yeah. already know they're making Elden Ring, which is just going to be a Souls game. Like, it's even sure. fantasy setting. It's not even like a change in setting like Sekiro was or Bloodborne in a way, I guess. But everyone is just this time it's a Souls game, but a little bit faster. Or this time he has a grappling hook. And so this is just going to be that again. And also, 3 already had so much recycled stuff in it that why would you want another one that would just be doing the same thing? I don't know. Yeah, I, the thing that kind of drew me into uh, the mod was specifically that they had apparently done some serious work to like add new moves and stuff to bosses. Like that is the thing that was interesting to me, uh, particularly being told that like the Gundir fight was completely overhauled. Uh, but otherwise, it mostly just seems to be like, hey, we fucked around with enemy placements. And so for the most part, like at least the little bit that I've played of it, it just seems like, hey, we're putting harder later game enemies into earlier areas. Yeah, so it's or basically you just... it, it's Dark Souls 3 Scholar of the First Sin. Kind of, yeah. So that's actually one thing that I really like about this is that when you beat a boss... You get the boss soul, but you also get the memory of the boss. And what the memory item allows you to do is it's just a bonfire aesthetic. So you just pop that, you can go back and you can fight the boss again. And the boss is supposed to be harder, or at least that is what I am told. Um, which is like a thing that I wish was in Dark Souls 3 to begin with, because like the bonfire aesthetics was probably one of the most interesting things that 2 introduced. And it's a bummer that they kind of dropped that. Okay, I yeah, never used them. Like, I thought they were—I thought they were neat because they basically just let you run through a new game plus area while you're still in like your first playthrough. And like that—that's—I like how two handled its whole new game plus thing. That like there were eight different cycles of it, and they actually considered how to make it scale up in each cycle and added new stuff for some areas in each cycle rather than the typical souls thing where it barely feels like it scales when you go into the new game plus uh-huh and like makes sense because the b team uh, seems to like know what they're doing more than the a team because uh, like bloodborne and dark souls 3 kind of proved that they still don't know how to make a good new game plus what's a b team made other than two. Dark Souls 2. Uh, nothing, I guess. Great. Then we don't know. It could be a fluke. Uh, Maybe. But yes, I'm more inclined to believe it's something like uh, WB Montreal. Like yeah. Being better than Rocksteady in many ways. Yes. Yeah, it's kind of the sense I get from them too. But, uh... I don't know. It's it's kind of neat. Like it, to me, it it feels like a good proper new game plus for that game. Uh, so I'm fucking around in it. I don't know if I'm going to actually beat it, but it it gives me something to do while I'm waiting for this Raspberry Pi case to show up, so I can get back on my bullshit with old video games. So, uh, speaking of WB Interactive and all of that, um, for one thing, I can confirm Monolith is owned by Warner Brothers Interactive. So. Uh, if somebody did buy them, they would get Monolith, although they would not, again, have the license rights to Lord of the Rings, assuming they are making another Mordor game, which I would 
guess they are. I don't know. But uh, I never beat the second one. I think I only got a few hours in and I, I stopped am, playing it. I am playing Shadow of War now because I also did the same thing. Uh, having a good time with it. It's been long enough now. It's really weird what? to think that game only came out like two or three years ago. Was uh, there just other stuff that came out around that time? Like, I don't know why I wouldn't have finished it. Uh, well, I can tell you that it has a very slow ramp up in the beginning. Like, the, oh, the opening is it. pretty tedious. Uh, that might be it. But uh, once. I things... know the first one kind of just shoves you right into everything. Yeah. Uh, this one, it takes a while. Like, you have to go through this whole prologue act before you actually get to the part where you can even convert orcs and get into the actual main gameplay. Oh right, that city that's like under siege. Yeah. And then you go, you meet uh, uh, Shelob. Yep. Who? Spider Lady. I, I still don't quite understand why they made her look like Liv Tyler. That seems like a bizarre <laughs> choice, considering Liv Tyler somebody wanted is to... already a Lord somebody... of the Rings character. Somebody wanted to fuck that spider, man. Uh, yeah. Sure. I mean, uh, is that like a thing in Lord of the Rings that the spider is able to turn into like a pretty lady? It's like in the in the movie, which is quite my only so. real familiarity with that character. It's just a spider. Uh, I believe it is a shapeshifter, but I don't think it turns into a lady in any other things. I think that was just something the game came up with. Okay. Um, didn't know this was like a Cimmerillion thing. Nah, I don't know. But uh, from what I understand, it is a shapeshifter, and that's already established. But also, I can understand them just like turning it into humanoid form because otherwise it would just be like Talion and Celebrimbor there like arguing with a giant spider, which would be funny at first, but after a while you're just looking at a giant spider that can't really emote or anything. <laughs> I don't know, I'm kind of into that. Kind of weird. Um, yeah, Lord also, of the Rings is kind of weird. It is. Also, Celebrimbor really sucks. Like, I forgot how much of a jerk he is. Uh, and yeah. I, he deserved to get yeeted by Sauron. Um, yes. Yeah, the first game established that he had it coming. Oh, yeah. But even this time, where Talion's like, we gotta save the city, he's like, I need my ring. Get me my ring back. That's what matters. Not the stupid city. I don't care about any of these people. They're ants to me. They're nothing. Uh, yeah. Kilburnbor piece of garbage so okay i'll ask you this so the version i'm mm -hmm. playing now is the one with all the dlc and everything in it. it was ten dollars uh it's not bad yeah, yeah i mean that's a lot of video game yeah. in there uh did the game originally have the flashbacks where you play as him because i don't uh, remember yeah um I mean, were they as early as the uh, part where you're in that huge cave yeah. system? It's like from the beginning, they're in there. Then I don't think that it did. I don't okay. remember that. They're basically like combat challenges, almost like uh, almost like Arkham Asylum, I guess. I, but... I mean, I might be completely, completely wrong, but no, I don't think that that was in the original game. Okay, I didn't think so because I don't remember them. But it's a, uh, it's funny because they also, kind of unbalance it because just getting a silver medal on them gets you a skill point, uh, so you can unlock stuff really early. Uh, it's also very funny. What are you doing? I'm not doing anything. That is a garbage truck right <laughs> outside of my window. Fucking okay. shit up. 
I thought you were yeah. making spaghetti. No, it's cool how... <laughs> no. Um, you told me not to do that on the podcast anymore, and I respect your wishes. Okay. Uh, no, this garbage truck used to come out here and do this at, like, 7 in the morning, which was fine, and I don't know what happened, but now they do it at, like, 10 a.m. every day. Great. So, oh. yeah, it's awesome that also there's a dumpster directly outside of my unit, so. Cool. Anyway, Sorry. the Celebrimbor missions are also weird because they're supposed to be way in the past, uh, obviously when he was alive, and yet it's still the exact same map. And so, like, you're in that ruined city, and it's like the same buildings are blown up and everything, except it just has, like, a glow filter on it to make it look like it was ye olden days. Well, you know, it's like poetry, it rhymes. You, if you forget your past, you're doomed to repeat it. So all those buildings that got blown up again. Oh yeah, I mean, I do appreciate that uh, Talion is basically running around destroying orc monuments. <laughs> That's pretty funny. Uh, also, Talion yeah. is just like a nothing of a character, which is nice to remember. He's just like sure. some dope wandering around. Uh, yeah, he just he had a wife and kids once, and now he just wants to kill a lot of orcs. Yeah, that's right. It's this whole character arc. But uh, I remember Gollum is in that game. Oh yeah. Uh, I remember he was putzing around early on. He in was it. in the first one. Was he? Yeah. Oh, God, I remember like virtually none of these games. Um, it's a bit where I, you I'm... like follow him around and like the ghouls come out or something. In the first one I thought that was in the second one But okay In the second there's a bit early on Where you're following him around Like tracking an assassin Hmm I don't think he comes back after that Maybe though Maybe that's Maybe I'm thinking No that was the first one I'm pretty sure The ghoul bit Uh Because they do reference Like meeting Gollum before He's like, you tried to bash mm. my head in with a rock, remember that? And Gollum's like, huh, yeah. Anyway. <laughs> yeah, I'm Gollum, I do that all the time, it's like my whole thing. Yeah, it's kind of my deal. Yeah, I, I eat fish while they're alive and I bash people with rocks. My name's yep. Gollum, maybe you've heard of me. Yep. Anyway, uh, you guys got any rings, any jewelry? Anyway, I don't care about Lord of the Rings, but those games are pretty good. No, uh, the movement is jankier than I remembered, I will say. Uh, mm. But it is adequate, especially once you get like the double jump again and um, speed boosts and stuff. Then it kind of doesn't matter because you're just like jumping up buildings immediately. Also, bows are still extremely overpowered, which is nice. Uh, my favorite orc type or like type of nemesis encounter is when one of them survives and comes back but they still have the same weakness and so like they show up and give this whole speech about how you thought I was dead but I've come for my revenge and you just shoot them in the head once and they die again <laughs> mortally w- wounded by arrows cool actually I think I I think I got actually a decent way into that game because I'm remembering now getting to the area past that like cave network uh, that that was like a lot more open. They had like that castle. Yep. Yeah, it's like, like the a far forest. end of the map. God, I wonder how far I actually got into that thing before I bailed on it. 
I think there's still a whole lot of it after that because that's where I'm oh, at no, now. I'm, yeah, I'm sure that there was still plenty of game. Like I, That might have been my problem is that there was too much game. And so mm-hmm. I had my fill when I got to that point. It was like, okay, well, I'm done. So I think the thing with me was when I played it before, I was actually like doing all the orc stuff. Like I was hunting down the orcs and everything before you're really supposed to. Because mm. you're really not meant to do any of that until basically that area when it actually introduces this is where you get your army, this is where you're going to be doing siege stuff and all of that. Yeah, but you were like, hey, I played the first game, I know how this works. Yeah. And so you just wanted to do all of that stuff like right from the start. Right. Also, you just want to meet the orcs. You want to meet, yeah. and, meet and kill exciting new orcs. Yeah. Like, that's the whole thing. Uh, Talion loves making friends. Yes, exactly. He has uh, a he has a very wide social network. Yeah, yeah. Loves sending death threats, which is weird. <laughs> I mean, it levels up the orcs, so you get better stuff off of them. Yeah. Uh, uh, yeah, I, I I'm curious if they'll end up making another one of those because I also think that they probably will but i wonder what they would do to try to um because obviously by the by the time that they have anything out like that it's going to be playstation 5 and mm-hmm. xbox series x and so i wonder what they'll do to kind of differentiate it from the previous two games because like i know like the, the nemesis system wouldn't have worked on the xbox 360 and the playstation 3 well it did so because it came out on those oh wait no it got canceled for the old yeah. consoles yeah but like it, it was doing stuff that at the time like you didn't really see any of that in video games like the nemesis system just was not a thing that you could conceive of being on the playstation 3 or mm-hmm. playstation 3 and xbox 360 so like i wonder if they they have some big new idea that they can bring to kind of make a third installment of that stand out even more because the I second mean... one just felt like it's more of the same thing, man. Well, really, I think all they have to do is have more variations in there. Because they're already... Yeah, like, that's nice. kind of what they did with Shadow of War. Is it's just there are a whole lot of different permutations they've added into that. And the whole thing with the Nemesis system is it's kind of a magic trick, right? Like, by the end of the game, you can sort of see the seams and see how it's all coming together. Yes, um, yeah. But the idea is just that there are enough variables in there that it keeps you engaged until the end which is really all i ask for yeah i really liked how there was one guy who was uh like uh, mortally wounded by um by bugs and so dropped a beehive or whatever on it like morgul flies or whatever they're called and it killed him and then he comes back later and just has like hives all over his body and he's screaming about the buzzing in his head like that stuff is great. <laughs> yeah, I I generally don't care much about uh, Lord of the Rings either. Uh, I liked that first Shadow of Mordor game, um, but I don't know. That's about the only like piece of Lord of the Rings media I think I ever found myself like actually getting into. Like I liked, I, I've uh, seen the movies, but I don't care for them a whole lot. I like the PS2 um, games, the Two Towers one in particular. Yeah, yeah never. I never played them. I showed you that thing of um, uh, the, the Game Hut video of the guy uh, who worked with Traveler's Tales and they put together that like million dollar pitch for Lord of the Rings. No, it wasn't Lord of the Rings game. It was a it was Hobbit, Hobbit game. Yeah. 
Yeah, but but all the stuff that they had developed for it was uh, recreating scenes from the Lord of the Rings movie movies, uh, and they all looked like really really good. They looked pretty impressive for the hardware that they were running on for the point in time that they were pitching that game, and of course it did not get picked up. So Traveler's Tales just took a million dollars and just fucking dumped it into the toilet. Didn't get to actually make a game. That's cool. Yes, I appreciate that they went for it as hard as they did, though. Also, um, I was gonna say, like, we're also kind of due for a new Mordor game, because there were three years between Shadow of Mordor and Shadow of War, and it's been three years, uh, sorry, it's been three years since Shadow of War came out. Uh, so, hey, get on it, Monolith. I don't know what you're doing over there. First, if they take longer, then that would be a good idea and like sort of demonstrate that's not just that we're taking the same thing again <coughs> and yeah. doing it again. Um, but with that whole buyout, like I kind of wonder how much stuff uh, these WB studios have going on behind the scenes that they've not shown off yet that might just end up getting canceled in the process of a buyout. Who knows? Like, if if they're doing another Mordor game, like, who knows how far along that is, and who knows what state it will be in after they get purchased. Yeah. Maybe there's something so. else they could reskin it as. Maybe. What other fantasy franchises are there? Turn it into a Witcher <laughs> game. Excuse me. Yeah. Uh, Harry Potter. Oh. Well, no, they wouldn't have that <laughs> That's either. That's right. When you kill the Death Eaters, they come back and they remember you. I mean, Death Eaters, those are just Nazgul, right? Ah, base. No, uh, those are the, um... Oh, wait, are those... No, Death Eaters, I thought, were, like, they were Voldemort's uh, henchmen. Yeah, And then there, like there were Nazgul. the other things... I thought those were something different. The ones that, like, suck the uh, happiness out of you. That's Nazgul. They're like Dude, floating... I give even less of a shit about Bl- Harry Potter. Black coat. Things floating around being like Wow Okay great Sure I guess do that why not Who cares Characters featured in the Harry Potter series uh, They are a terrorist group Of wizards and witches Led by the dark wizard Lord Voldemort Who seeks to purify the wizarding Community by eliminating wizards And witches born of non-magical parents Uh, So what are the ones that eat Your happiness what are those yeah, like the guards in Azkaban, right? Isn't that one I'm yeah. thinking of? Yes, but I don't think that those are Death Eaters. I thought those were Death Eaters. I don't think that those are Death Eaters. Dementors, that's oh, what they are. Oh, right, Dementors. Yeah. Okay. Hi, welcome to Destroy All Children. Uh, we don't know fucking shit about shit when it comes to Harry Potter. Nope. All I know is the wizards used to poop on the floor and then they <laughs> magically vanished their turds away. Thanks. JK Rowling. Thanks, just kidding, Rowling. Yeah, uh, thanks for deleting all your tweets you liked from Stephen King, but not the bullshit about wizards taking huge dumps on the floor. Uh I saw the first two Harry Potter movies, and that was it. I was like this I have that was enough. Of, them. of course you watched have. every single one of those things. And that was a case of hey, they had the whole set at work in the break room and I needed to watch something while I was going to eat. I've watched everything in that break room. I've watched a lot of shit. I've Itch. seen snow dogs. I would not recommend it. Mm-hmm. 
Yes, I've seen Hitch uh, numerous times, in fact. Uh, thankfully, I, have, I actually haven't seen that probably being played in about a year, and so I'm wondering if something happened to the disc. I'm wondering if I might have hit it again and I forgot about it. I don't know. And only hope. Say. Yes. Uh, uh, so other than Shadow of War, I've been playing The Messenger, which is like a sort of a retro platformer thing. It's all right, I guess. It's all right. Uh, it's all right. Uh, and Bloodstained. Kurt. Which one? Uh, that's what I'm trying to figure out. <laughs> it's the. I don't Curse remember. Curse of the Moon it's... is the 8 bit one. Yeah, it's not that. So if it's not. Okay, so it's you're the playing the. You're playing the actual, like, Pathfinder one. I'm playing the Symphony of the Night one. Yeah. Okay. Uh, yes. How are you like Again, that? I do not remember what's called. Uh, it's good. The game itself is good. It's cool how nobody play tested it though, I guess. Um because the dialogue boxes are just missing words for no reason. Uh and not even like that cut it off. It's just like here's a space where the word in is supposed to be and it's not there. Uh, the characters uh. still read all the dialogue. There is one where someone says like one sentence and then just like two more sentences that are not in the dialogue <laughs> box, which is extra good. Oh god. Uh, it reminds me of the um in Sonic 2006 the bit where they left like the flubbed line of dialogue in the actual game. What was it? I don't there was um you you get out of a mission and then like some con someone like contacts Rouge the Bat or whatever and says like have you found the scepter of darkness the the, the book the book of darkness? <laughs> what book of darkness? And they just like left that all of that in just him like fucking up the line and trying to correct himself. Agent Shadow, E123 Omega has engaged methods. Head to the wave ocean, head to wave ocean. Agent Shadow, E123 Omega has engaged methods. Head to wave ocean immediately. M- Mr. Shake? Major Shake? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Uh, so yeah, like something like that where they just start reading dialogue that's like not actually there on the screen just kind of reminds me of that. Like I've seen that stuff happen before and other things too. Like specifically, I, I will sometimes have closed captions on for Netflix shows uh, when I have to like, you know, I'm watching in the middle of the night and I don't want to wake people up upstairs. So I have to turn the volume down lower. Uh, and I'm eating something, and I can't hear what's happening over the sound of me chewing on chips or Your something like that. You and... freak! No, it's uncomfortable. <laughs> I don't like it. I hate yeah. having stuff over my ears and it's, on my head. It's much better to like have to listen very hard to something with low audio and read captions. Well, there's there's stuff like that where I will see closed captions on a, a show or a movie that I've seen before. And I know that the dialogue does not line up with what's actually printing out in the closed captions. So. I don't know what's up with that. I, I think don't... actually in cases like that, they're just taking the script and putting it in the movie. And so variances in the dialogue yeah. from the script don't actually translate in. Yeah. Uh, so In this case, I kind of wonder, the thing with missing words in the middle is so bizarre that I wonder if it's a resolution thing. Like if it's upscaling and then it's like as a result of that, the dialogue box ends up missing stuff. I, 
You gotta go no to idea. the upside down castle and then they put all the text back in. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like a near. <laughs> Once you go yeah. to a second playthrough, you get to see all the missing text. Yeah, I mean, so you won't get all anywhere, the dialogue but... until you're on like run six. Yeah, route C. Uh yeah. but uh yeah, the actual game itself is good and I haven't had any issues with it. Um Using great swords because that's kind of the closest thing to a whip. Like you get an arc, it's sort of a wind up on it a little bit. Uh, not they a fan don't have of the whip swords. At all? Yeah, they have whips, but okay. it's, it's sort of it's weird. Whips are weird. They sort of attack mm. like forward and down a little bit. Uh, it's not the huh. overhead swing like the traditional whip. Well, then what's the point? I don't know. Uh, katanas also I found kind of useful, but great sword, swords at. But yeah, also the story sucks. But whatever, who cares? I don't care. Yeah, about the I mean story the story either. sucks in most of the Castlevania games, so you know, yeah. big deal. I, I still love that the main bad guy. They decided his bad guy name should be Jeebel. <laughs> uh, just make it sound like giblets, something weird. Of course Jeebel, yeah. Alfred Miriam Miriam's okay I guess, I don't know Yeah, uh, Miriam's fine uh, I also appreciate how the accessories do show up On Miriam when you equip them And I got the stone mask from Jojo Pretty early on They just put that nice. in there So I just have her wearing the stone mask So uh, she can reject her humanity well, sure. I mean, you gotta fight vampires. You might as well become a vampire, right? Exactly. Just let Just it like grow into your brain. Yep, that's right. <laughs> I've read Blade before. I've seen the Blade movie. I understand Blade. Yeah, you got those raves with the blood sprinklers. Yeah, and then you got uh the clown. That's the bad guy no, that's fighting that's, Blade. That's Spawn. He's played by John Leguizamo. That's Spawn. That's not Blade. Mm, pretty sure it's Blade. Blade? <laughs> Have you been playing anything else? Uh. Or do you want to get into comic books? There was. Oh, I wanted to mention I did play Night Call, which is on Game Pass. I do not recommend it. Um. <laughs> okay. So it's a cool concept. It's uh, you are a taxi driver, and there's a serial killer out and about, and at some point he attacked you, and so you're like recovering, like you were in a coma for a while. You're the only one that survived an encounter with him, and so you're supposed to be like picking up people and driving them and getting clues to figure out who the killer is. Here's the thing: it runs like garbage, and this is on Xbox One X, and also it's 2D. It's a 2D game. It's mostly like a map screen is half of the screen. Uh, and yet, somehow, it just feels incredibly laggy and like trying to pick options is a nightmare, which is weird because then when it goes to the map, that seems to run smoothly. But everything else is really choppy and feels like crap. When you uh, say it's 2D, do you mean it's 2D and it's also doing kind of the whole retro game aesthetic? No. Or is it... It's just the perspective is 2D, but it's going for a different art style. Uh, it's just like 2D art of your character in the cab and like the person in the seat. 
There's actually there is a bit of a 3D background showing like the city behind them moving, but most of it is 2D, including the map at the top. Uh, also, I want this game, but done as an FMV game, and it's shot sort of like how they filmed the in-car scenes in Seinfeld, yeah. and like other sitcoms at the time, where it's just these guys are definitely in a car that like set hands are rocking back and forth, and <laughs> someone's just flashing a light in the background. Uh huh. That'd be good. Um. But, I'd play that So the thing is though Even with the massive performance issues Which according to the title screen This is version like 1.4 point something And I would not have been able to guess that It feels like early access But yeah. uh, I I don't know really It doesn't give you any idea Of what you're supposed to be doing Like just all right, I picked a person here. Now I'm going to drive them. I picked this guy. He talked uh, about being in the music industry for a while. Also, something that's really cool, speaking of feeling like it's in early access, about halfway through the route, uh, the map just stopped. And the car stopped moving. But I still, I still like was going through the dialogue of him talking. And then at the end, it's just like, Anyway, you're at the destination, and you let him out, even though I was not. I was, like, halfway there. It just didn't matter. Like, it just stopped moving. Uh, That game feels broken in many ways. And that would be somewhat excusable if the writing was good, but it is not. And, uh... How much is that? What? How much is the game normally? I I know you said you got it off Game Pass, but, like, I'm curious how much they're actually charging money for. Probably 15 I would guess I don't know uh, Yeah yeah. It, it feels mm. like Something you would get in the dollar tier Of a humble bundle Although that actually might be A little generous But yeah Night Call don't get it I won't Okay I probably wouldn't have anyway to begin with But also I definitely will not do that now Mm-hmm. Man, if I get Game Pass, it's, it's for the Halos. Let's let's be honest here. Oh yeah, yeah. I I, uh, ins- I spent an entire day downloading the Mr. Chief collection, and then I opened it up and went to the settings, and the settings kept flickering and then disappeared, and then the game crashed. So they've done a lot of good Sounds work. Sounds about to right. That. Yeah. Yep. You know, they fixed no, they, it. They, yeah, they fixed it. It's mm-hmm. uh, totally playable now. It's not a mess. Uh, it hasn't been. Mishandled in a really embarrassing way. Oh yeah, it's on Game Pass. If you want to fuck around in Halo, I guess that's what I did. Uh, I was looking however, forward to that thing. I was looking forward to playing Halo One and Two and Three and all the old stuff. And then I played Reach and was like, Ugh, and then let my Game Pass lapse. And now I'm just not. I don't think I would renew it for that. Actually, uh, I lost playing... all interest. I started playing Halo 1 Anniversary and uh, I appreciate that you can switch the graphics Between the like remake And the original Because Switching to the original is like There's no way this actually looked that Bad back then <laughs> And uh, yeah I guess it did Yeah Which is weird Yes it did I think just I'm the like, color of armor with these like, bare gray halls. 
Yeah, I remember Halo 2 being like a really big step up uh, graphically from the first Halo. And I remember them making a big deal about that at the time. Like yeah. in magazines, they were talking about like the power of bump mapping. Like, yeah. oh, we can make these wheels look like wheels instead of just like circles that have a texture slapped on top of them. Yeah, I mean, once I got them, to... like actual treads. Once I got to the second level and actually got onto the Halo, uh, that was more like what I actually remembered it looking like. So that was a bit yeah. less shocking. It's still, when you go from the remake to the original, it's very bizarre. Um, also, in Halo Anniversary, they removed the look up, look down at these lights segment, which is weird. Ooh. And I don't know why they did that. Sacrilege. Leave it in. Yes. Look at the whole point of preserving these games. You preserve all of it, even your weird light looking. Like, that's actually, um, that's especially weird because that's in Halo Reach. Yeah. Like, there's a bit where you're in the uh, the helicopter, I want to say, and they have you, like, look up, look down, look left, look right. And oh, uh, Reach, I don't know why they would not, then take that out. They didn't change the game for Reach. Like, they did the anniversary edition of Halo 1. And the weirdest and, thing to oh, me yeah, is I that, suppose. considering you can switch between the two graphics, that that's the weirdest thing to me, that they would actually remove part of the game. You would think, then, that it would be a perfect one-to-one with the original, but nope. Yeah. Weird. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe at some point I will actually be back in the Halo mood and give that a shot. And uh, hopefully they fix some of the stuff that they have gotten wrong with the Master Chief Collection on PC by then. But I doubt it. Also, Mr. Chief, way more talkative than I remember. Yeah, he's, no, it's, he's it's, uh... really chatty early on in Halo 1. Yeah. Look, he's been in uh, cryostasis for a while. He wants to converse. I guess so. Cortana says, yank me. <laughs> uh, 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 uh. So what do you got? <laughs> um, uh, the Joker. Should we talk All about the right, Joker? Sure, the Jokester. Uh, Joker yeah. w- 80th anniversary 100 page spectacular Joker-tacular 80 years of Joker That's right They did it, nobody thought it was possible In fact there was a long period of time where there pretty much wasn't any Joker at all uh, uh, yeah, But now that's there's true. just a whole lot of Joker Whole mess of Jokers That's right uh, Joker's blowing up in a real big way in these trying times uh, Joker's wild. So Larry and I decided to get Joker-fied and read this 80th anniversary special. I mean, I was uh, also so Joker-fied. Sure. Uh, I guess we should just do this like we've done for the last few anniversary issues and just go story by story. Well, how else are we going to do it, idiot? Uh, I mean, there's so many old covers that they reprinted in here, and we could just talk about those. We could just talk about how... Uh... Depressing it is that Tim Sale cannot draw anymore. Man, what a bunch of jokers. Oh yeah. I was gonna tell you before you read this, like be prepared <coughs> uh for Excuse a me. shocking development in an artist that you used to like, but uh Yeah, I used to like Tim Sale a whole lot. Uh I I don't know if this is another case of like them being under crunch or something. I have not seen any of Tim Sale's stuff recently, I so I don't know so. if this is indicative of 
I mean, well, it, then that's a fucking bummer, dude. I mean, it was just also a pinup. Like, the, it was one page. I don't think that's something where he would be under crunch. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know. Just tell him the day before they put this out, hey, Tim Sale, we ran out of Joker covers to put in this fucking book. Well, I would think draw, even draw so. Draw us a Joker. Like, Crunch would not make him decide that half of the Joker's head should be teeth. I don't know. Uh, so first story, yeah. Scars from Scott Snyder and Jock, with colors by David Barron and letters by Tom Napolitano. Hey! Hey, Gabagoo. Uh, this one's really good. Yeah. Uh, the, the ending bit of this is appropriately creepy. Mm-hmm. It reminds you... You just get uh, his face melted and then uh, the Joker's under his bed. Fucking yeah. Christ. Yeah. Like, that, that reminded <laughs> me, you never read um, the book Snyder did before Batman, right? Uh, Severed? No. So it was like a horror comic about a guy like a a killer that it was really good and uh this reminded me a lot of that like of Snyder getting mm. back to his roots um speaking of Snyder actually kind of off topic from this but I have been catching up on Justice League and it's been getting really good as it's wrapping up uh and then I realized Scott Snyder is the only credited writer on it now which explains a lot, because Jimmy Tinian is out. I guess he was busy doing whatever the other garbage tie-ins are with the infected and all that stuff. Mm. But uh, Justice League, the end of it's getting really good. I'm excited to see how it goes. It's nice that the book you like has become a lot more readable. Oh yeah, uh, I'm happy for you. <laughs> Well, I mean, it's kind of been over for a while now. I'm I'm just way behind Man, in my books. Jokers. Mm. But uh, yeah, Scars is really good. Uh, yeah. I really like that I'd... this weirdo psychiatrist like had freak parents who gave him a or grandparents who gave him a rose made out of skin. Like, oh, why did the... he think I that thought... was fine? What? Yeah. Uh, no. For for a second, I. I don't know. I, I got in my head for a moment that it was the person who he was uh, interviewing that that was their fear was the uh, weird skin flower. Because uh, oh, the flower shows which is not, the No, end. no, no, no. Yeah, I know. I know it's not actually the case. I just had like a brain fart where for some reason I had got it backwards. But yeah, no, I that is incredibly fucked up. Like I not only the fact that like somebody would make that for their grandchild, but then like when he flushed it down the toilet, the toilet, his parents got mad at him about it. Like I can't yeah. believe you would try to get rid of the flesh flower that your grandparents gave you. What's wrong with you? They put so much effort into that flesh flower. <laughs> yeah. Jesus Christ. Uh, but um, yeah, I really like just the imagery also of it just melt in the dude's face and then Joker yeah, under oh the God, bed because yeah. why not? Uh, yeah, I wasn't like too into the art for some of this, but the the, the gore bits were all really good. Like the, mean, the guy's mouth looking all jacked up. Yeah, I mean that's yeah. Chuck's specialty is the weird, creepy stuff like that. Uh, it's good to see him back on it. Uh, yeah, it, it was more the stuff where it was just a kind of like 
very dry static shot of somebody talking where i was kind of less into it but it's the bits that are more dynamic yeah. where like the, the dude's mouth is all mangled and everything like that's good well no like there are art- artists who are very good at doing both of those things but it just kind of felt a little phoned in i guess i don't you know it felt like he kind of rushed time. through those bits you say this every time and i actually yeah. don't feel that's the case this time i think you just yeah. have a very small attention span and are like <laughs> eh, just people sitting at a desk I don't know, it could also be that I had to read through this very quickly today because someone meant to link it to me yesterday and they did not do that. Well, it's almost as though you could have just Googled it yourself and found it. Uh, never. Next. I will never do that. Uh, next. Speaking of Tinian. Oh yeah, everyone's favorite. Uh, what comes mm-hmm. after a joke from James Tinian IV and Mikkel Janine. Uh, colors by Jordi Belair, letters by Clayton Cowles. Uh, this sucked. Man, what a bunch of yeah, I'm trying to like um. It's the one with punchline. Pull open this one specifically so I can take another look at it. It's the one with punchline. Okay. Yeah. It's the only one. No, I'm I'm well. I'm trying to like. I'm trying to remember some of the dialogue because that's the thing is a lot of it was just very forgettable to me. And I know that you have talked about this being the case with Tinian that like it's just his writing is not particularly good. Nope, just a whole lot of uh, words with nothing interesting in them. Uh, I actually yes, will say, like the, as hard as I've been on Mikkel Janine in the past, I thought his work actually looked pretty good here. It did not look yeah, the like the was, standard uh, or like his rushed 3D model stuff. Yeah, the art was fine. I liked all the bits where the guys were just sitting there and it was a static t- shot and they were talking. I thought those looked very good. Well, that's the entire <laughs> story. Um, um, yeah, that, that's my main issue with this was mostly that I had read it uh, not more than probably an hour and a half ago and I don't really remember like any single bit of dialogue in it. Like None of the writing really stood out to me. Like I know what the plot in it was, but uh, none of the words that they put on the page were good. It also doesn't help the punchline's a completely forgettable character that's just there as a replacement for Harley. Yeah. Because they made Harley into a good guy, so now they're like, eh, joke Jokester needs another sidekick. Yeah. Duella Dent. Just use her. There you go. They already did. And that ah, went shit. bad. And this well, is just doing that again, basically. Great. Yeah, yeah, the the story was just kind of dull, but I'm also, with you that uh, Mikhail's art was actually pretty good this also, time around, surprisingly. Uh, jokester being in the closet actually was weird, like with the way it kept cutting yeah. to it. I thought it was going to be like, oh, there wasn't actually anybody in there, but now he is, he is just hanging out. <laughs> yeah, just peeking through, watching this whole thing happen. Yeah. Uh, I'm sorry, I'm clicking around, I'm trying to yeah, get back I can to tell. the... Um, yeah, I'm sorry. I need to get over to the list with all the stuff on it that well, tells me who wrote what and who drew what. There's a drop down in the uh, upper right. Go to page two. Uh, next up was Kill the Batman, uh, which I actually did not notice the writers on this, and this makes a lot of sense. Uh, Gary Whitta and Greg Miller, which I am assuming mm-hmm. is the Greg Miller we're thinking of. Uh, Art, Dan Mora, great. Uh, colors yeah. Ivan Placentia, great. Letters Troy yeah. Pateri, sure, why not? Uh, yeah, it's like three of the people on this thing uh, were competent, and two of them shat everything up. It's so bad. It's like, okay, so 
did you ever read the old uh, the Legends of the Dark Knight issue where Joker thought Batman was dead and he just like became sane? Yes, uh, yeah. he changed his name to Joe Kerr. Yes, and was just living a normal life. Yeah, I don't remember. Yeah. who wrote that one? But like, that's a good version yeah. of this story. This is not. No, this is just. The, the the bit like this is the one that has like they interviewed Commissioner Gordon and he yes. was just like you know he was the hero the city needed but not what it deserved he once said you never have to thank me uh, also he kept asking me where Harvey Dent was all the time there's there are a lot of Fuck. weird things in here that make me think that something went wrong in production. Or there was something up with the script And they didn't know what to do with it or something Specifically in those interview parts Where it just says It has like the Chiron at the bottom But it just says like dailyplanet.com And then like their name And then it has the bit at the bottom For the scrolling text And then it looks like a bit at the top That maybe is supposed to be the name But they're just blank And they do that like in multiple panels It's weird I weird. totally glossed over that I think I was like too taken back by how referential the writing of it was like yeah. too much of it is just kind of relying on like hey we're referencing famous lines of dialogue from batman movies like not even other comic books but like the stuff that most people would know yeah so there's there's actually some stuff kind of like that in um sean murphy's white knight stuff but he's kind of he sort of spreads it out at least a little bit so it's uh, just yeah. like here uh you know a few issues later batman will say let's get nuts uh that's yeah kind of instead a, of like here's commissioner gordon his whole purpose in this story is to talk entirely in dialogue from christopher nolan's movies it's or, also hey here's mr freeze he shows up for a panel and he makes an ice joke that was actually okay i don't know uh, but, I, yeah. It but, felt too on the nose to me Considering all the other stuff that came before I think uh, if that were like the only thing That they were kind of like winking and nodding Towards the Batman movies It would not have booked me There were also some very bizarre things Like when Wonder Woman says something like He's one of the few people that I care to remember Like That's a really <laughs> weird thing for her to say most people I meet, I immediately forget because they are not worth my time or yeah, my energy. Like that's extremely out of character for Diana, but okay, whatever. Greg Miller, thanks. Go like host another thing, EA conference. It's that thing from like Thirty Rock where they say the worst thing you could say to somebody is "Who are you?" Uh huh. Or like, "What's your name?" Except like Diana's just doing that to everybody. Yeah. She remembers like maybe five or six people in her life and then everybody else pfft, nope yep uh so yeah that was yeah, but thankfully yeah. followed up by introducing the dove core by r.i.p denny o'neill uh and yeah. pencils by jose luis garcia lopez one of the all-time greats inks by joe prado again old timer uh Colors by Marcelo Maiolo, don't really know who that is. Lairs by Clem Robbins. Uh, this one's good, except for the last page, which I didn't really like. Mm. Uh, but the rest of what it was really like good. What did you like about it? Uh, that it goes through this whole thing, and then the end is just, and then he killed them all. Yeah. Like yeah, there, it kind there of feels been, like a weak conclusion to it. 
Yeah, there should have been like some better kind of twist, like, uh, like the maybe the itching gun or whatever turned out to actually be fatal, and they just died from it later or something. Yeah, I was almost expecting that like the itching gun would have made them itch so much that they would have started like peeling their flesh, their their flesh back or something. So it ended up killing them because they would yeah. like scratch themselves sure, to death. That would also have uh, been something. When says yeah, maybe like, it's no, like I a delayed response. Yeah. And he just did a couple of murders. Uh, it, yeah, it kind of just felt like maybe he didn't quite know how to wrap the story up, or maybe he didn't have a good way to wrap it up within the amount of pages that he was given to work with. But like yeah. everything else leading up to that is very, very good. I right. really, really like the art in this one. Yep. And right. I think the the premise, this just being some good old-fashioned Jokers being a goofball mm-hmm. stuff is very good and very welcome, considering how much of the rest of this book in particular is very dark. And yeah. how a lot of depictions of the Joker now, in general, lean very heavily towards him being very dark and and homicidal. This one was uh, a lot like um, it had that energy of him becoming the ambassador to Iran and everything. Yeah, you know? well, I mean, it even it even references that he like knows people in the UN. Yeah, so they're they're playing up that angle to it too. And I think like the uh the the cover art that they put between the uh issues right before this one i want to say is the death in the family art mm-hmm. art not arc but from that arc um Man, what a bunch of jokers. but yeah this uh also kind of reminded me of that catwoman uh 1960s story that we got in the last anniversary thing like obviously not going for the same exact thing this is not like caesar romero joker but like a really good like nice light-hearted goof em up in the middle of this book yeah a good palate cleanser after killed the Batman, which was <laughs> fucking trash. And also, like talking about Tim Sale, who has completely lost his ability to draw. Like Garcia Lopez is still great, which is really yeah. nice to see. I mean, I already knew that because he did a story in the Action Comics One Thousand, uh, which also looked fantastic. It was a Miss Mr. Mixelpidlick story about him like making a theme park or something. Um. And yeah, it's just good to see him still doing good work out there. I wonder how old he is. I'm gonna look. A hundred. <laughs> well, I mean, he was doing stuff in the seventies, so mm. I don't know. Uh, it, you recap this one. Uh, the war within. Uh, I am trying to remember what happened in the war within. I'm sorry, I'm a little all over the place with these. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I kind of like look at the I kind of like look at the names, and it doesn't always click for me. Okay, yeah, this is the one that I was thinking it was, but I wanted to make sure it's the Simone um, Bianchi one. Yeah, uh, the uh, Garcia Lopez is seventy-two. That seems younger than I thought he would be. Actually, really, that well, seems about right. Yeah, I don't know. I thought he was maybe like pushing eighty. Hmm. Still um, in the seventies, but like on the higher end of that. I don't know. This one um, was a nice surprise too, because I have not seen Simone Bianchi draw anything in several years. I actually don't yeah. remember what the last thing I've seen him do was. Uh this is a really, really good one though, with Joker just coming across this kid who's just pulling the legs off bugs, you know, uh, perfectly no, normal, that's perfectly not, healthy. That's not the right one. That's like two from here. Wait, what? What? Uh, that's birthday bugs. We're talking about the war within, which is oh right, the one by... written by Brian Azzarello. Nope. 
one written by Peter Tomasi. Should not have trusted you with this. Uh, <laughs> art by Simone Bianchi, as I said, uh, who does not look anything like Eduardo Russo, so I'm not really <laughs> sure why I thought that was I it. Know, I'm just, I know, I'm just fucking with Lairs by Rob Lay. Uh, this was very strange, and I kind of couldn't make sense of it. Yeah. Nice art, though. Yeah, it, this it's is, also um... just weird for something to be this obtuse from Peter Tomasi, who usually is pretty straightforward with everything. Uh, yeah, I don't know. He's just going kind of wacky here, I guess. Well, because it's the, it's the Joker. It's nothing if not wacky. Oh yeah, but I appreciated how it included like scenes from everything, basically, like Dark Knight Returns and whatever. All yeah. of it, everything, the history of the jokester. Sure. I just like looking at it, basically. <laughs> uh, the last smile. Mm-hmm. Little Paul Dini. Uh, yep. As the writer, uh, Riley Rosmo as the artist. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Ivan. Ivan Placenta on the colors. Is that no? It's not right. No, it is not. Plaza Placencia? Placentia, I would guess. Okay. And Daron Bennett. Yep. As the letters. So, Riley Rosmo has made appearances in, I think, all of these anniversary specials, and usually he looked yeah. incredibly rushed. So, it was very nice here to see that he apparently got the time he needed to draw this. Yeah, this actually looks uh, pretty good. There yeah. is not. There, there's no. Essentially, doesn't have like Harley Quinn changing in like shape and size and body mass constantly. Characters yeah. morphing in weird and unsettling ways. In that, like when they do, it is in service of this whole like dream atmosphere that the comic well, is set in. That was also true of the Flash one, though. Like it was in a fun house, <laughs> yeah, sure. like with the mirrors and everything. It was supposed to be morphing. Uh, the Wonder yeah, Woman one was not. She just like mysteriously grew eight feet. Man, what a bunch yeah. of jokers. Uh, I like this one. I actually yeah. like the art in this one. Uh, it's, it's a bummer that Riley Rosmo has not gotten the uh, time that they need to actually churn out good art for these anniversary issues, but I'm glad that they, they done did it. It's got to just they finally be that, gave he them can, time. that he can really just crank them out and fill up pages for them or something. Yeah, probably. Yeah. Um, uh, or yeah. or maybe I don't know. Maybe this was the first story that actually kind of grabbed him that they sent his way for these anniversary issues. I'm not uh, sure. I mean, I guess if you get paired with Paul Dini, also you're going to put a bit more into it. Although the first oh, yeah. one, he was with Marv Wolfman, who's a legend. So that also, yeah. I don't know. Uh, I just especially would not want to fuck up the art on a Paul Dini story, especially not like one involving Harley Quinn. Jokester. Yeah, that feel that seems like a good way to not get work anymore. <laughs> if you fucked that yeah. up. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I I like this one of like Joker just having nightmares about getting executed and Batman laughing at him. Yeah, it's pretty good. I like it overall. The best birthday bugs. The, the best, best story. One. Yep, yes. uh, from our boy Tom Taylor, uh, who I still insist should have gotten the Batman book instead of James Tinian, yeah. but. Simone Bianchi on the art. Where you going? No, art, art by Eduardo <laughs> Riso. Uh, Robin's own letters. Uh, yeah, this is the one that I 
had gotten into as a goof, but this is uh, Joker just walks up on a kid ripping legs off of bugs in a box. Uh, the reason he's doing this is he can't play with them anymore if they get out of the box, which, you know what? Sound logic. That well, checks no. out. He says he can't play with them anymore if they're dead. Oh, yeah, right, right, right. No, well, he also mentions that, like, if they get out of the box, they die or something like that. There's no, something specifically what... about you can't let them get out of the box. That's what that's Joker what, says like, at the, the end. Line. Oh, okay. Well, um, but like it's this weird, stinky, bug abusing kid's birthday, and nobody is coming to celebrate it with him. Uh, Joker is there for his dad, uh, who did not. It's one of his goons, and they didn't show up to a meet, and everybody got beat up by Batman. So, Joker is yeah. there to kill this kid's this kid's dad, uh, but instead uh, holds a bunch of people hostage to celebrate this kid's birthday. Yeah. Why it's not? Very sweet of him. That's right. Yeah. And, nice uh, thing to do. Yeah, and then he uh, cuts off the guy's fingers on the hand he doesn't use to shoot. He specifies, mm-hmm. uh, and then apparently boils them and gives them to people because he says the hot dogs are ready. Uh, <laughs> yeah. But uh, and then says that he will only come back for him if he gets out of the box. So mm-hmm. uh, again, strangely compassionate for the jokester. To not just moita him Considering it yes. seems he also Seems to believe that He tipped off Batman To their heist Or whatever it is they were doing Yeah uh, Although I don't, I don't know I guess like He is definitely torturing him by doing this And that is uh, This guy's fate is maybe more cruel Than if he just straight up marked him Oh yeah probably Also um, he clearly also the likes fact the that kid. he's now getting in Yes, but also like that father Now knowing that Joker is getting in good With his kid is uh, Disturbing in itself Yeah, yeah. And uh, just saying that he's going to show up next year Or whatever it was but, Yeah, again like that's a good yeah. idea Like not just the punchline being Hi, oh, shot everyone As appears yeah. in the next book Or next story No Heroes by Eduardo... Suda51 No wait well, I Sorry, tried... I'm thinking of something else I tried to read the story but Suda's head was just in front of Every panel uh, <laughs> No Heroes by Eduardo Medeiros and Rafael Albuquerque as writers Might explain some Of this uh, Art by Rafael Albuquerque of course Colors by mm. Marcello Maiolo And letters by Steve Wands Rafael Albuquerque is a fantastic artist I like his stuff a yes. lot um, yeah, this doesn't actually look like his art normally does, which was interesting. I would not have guessed it was him till I saw the credit. Yeah, uh, it's I, I still like the art in this. Yes, though. I thought oh, this yeah, was yeah. Uh, I do, especially pretty solid in terms of the look for the art. Joker is unique. Like that's not one that I've seen before. Yeah. Uh, sort of like a weird slick Joker. Uh, I also just really like the the clown masks that he and his goons have on. Yeah, they kind of look like um, in the Joker movie, you know. Yeah, at the beginning, yeah, he's yeah, got the nose on and everything. More like bulbous and yeah, yeah. Uh, somewhat deflated. Like mm-hmm. they look like a balloon that's lost some of its air. I, I don't know. I kind of like it. The, the the whole shape and style of it is is yeah. neat. Raphael um, Bukerki's great artist. Uh, he should stick to art. It turns out. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the story in this is uh, 
pretty rudimentary. It's just Joker is is doing some Joker stuff, and a guy runs in, decides to be the hero, kills one of his goons, uh, and then Joker is basically just like, okay, well, if you want to make something out of yourself, then uh, fine, uh, but I'm going to check back in on you later. So, and he shoots his own goons also. Yeah, and like leaves. I don't know. Yeah. I, I don't really. Uh, I wasn't into it. Next up, penance. Uh, again, Tony S. Daniel, writer and artist. Tony S. Daniel's pretty good artist. Not my favorite, but he's okay. Colors by Tamir Mori and letters by Carlos M. Mangual. Tony Daniel also wrote the early days of the New 52 Detective Comics, as mm. which you would remember as the one where he took his own face off. Which then led Scott Snyder to try to figure out how to get around that And somehow spun gold out of straw How do I get the face back on this Joker? Scott Snyder said while pounding his fist on his desk And then it turned out the answer was just Staple it back on and it'll look way creepier uh, Scott believe... Snyder just looking off to like a corner of the room Where there's a staple gun and going uh... Yeah But uh yeah, the story is it's like a Italian mob goon who found a ring, yeah. jokester wants it. He's, been, he's talking to a priest, uh, but the priest is the jokester. And no, that's no. It. He shoots him at the end. No, he like cuts his throat cuz there's a straight razor there. Whatever, um, he's still dead. Yeah, and it, it <laughs> The didn't story matter. still ends with Joker abruptly like killing someone or everyone and then walking away, which is happening. Like what? Two other of these stories so far. Uh, the one right before this, where he just shoots all his goons and walks away, and yeah. then the uh, the um, Dove Corpse one. <laughs> yeah, the Dove, Dove Corpse. Dove, Dove I'm sorry, Dove Core. Yes, but he's still it's like not... the end of that one is the same too, where he Hold shoots on. everyone. What? What? Dove. 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 That's how you say it. What do you think it's referencing, though? Do you think? I know, uh, I know. Just I'm. I I, had mouth vomit, and I said the words wrong, and then I just stuck with it. Remember when Michael Jackson was found not guilty, (laughs) and they released a white dove for every count? Man, what a bunch of jokers! Two two fell into the hornet's nest. Last story. End it with a banger. Writer Brian Azzarello, artist Lee Bermejo, letters I'm Jared sorry, Fletcher. I, I have a real, real, real bad case of mush mouth today, and I'm just fucking all the words up. So, yes, I know it's Dove. I just stumbled over myself. Okay. Uh, this yeah. one ruled. This was my second yes. favorite behind Birthday Bugs. It's so I like weird. Batman trying to pick up the uh the, the statue thing and just grunting and saying I'm Batman. <laughs> also just like Robin there with a phone, like t- taking a picture. Like this whole yeah. thing is so bizarre. Uh this bit where Joker is just dancing. It says, How about it, you creeps, you lunatics, you giggalings? Let's hear it for Bull Goose Joker back in action. Nice hat, Pingaroo. And like obviously this is just like one flew over the cuckoo's nest, but Joker yeah. is Jack Nicholson. Uh, but I just like the bits with like him getting lobotomized. 
and I actually laughed um really hard at the part where it's just him sitting with Batman and Batman just is like see my thumb and then Joker just like jumps across <laughs> and strangles him yeah <sighs> I saw one th- flew over the cuckoo- cuckoo's nest see see uh huh yeah can't talk today I saw one flew over the cuckoo's nest uh probably about a year ago uh for the first time ever oh uh, wow I haven't seen it in a I very don't... long time I don't remember if there's a bit that it's referencing specifically with sticking the thumb out, though. I don't remember either. But it's really good as just this, like, throwaway, like, half-page gag that makes no fucking sense. Because, like, the art on it completely sells how weird it is. Like, Batman with his thumb out with this shit-eating grin on his face. Like, he knows exactly what he's doing. Yeah. And this is also... It's sort of a weird amalgamation of the movie too Because in some parts Joker is uh, Jack Nicholson But then it also seems like he kind of switches places At the end where he becomes the chief Yeah because even though he's Yeah even though he's Lobotomized uh, Batman is instead the one that is like despondent Yeah Yeah. Uh, Uh, But also Good good for Joker getting out of the asylum That's (laughs) Yeah, I'm happy for him yeah, but this is also nice to see Lee Bermejo doing a different style Sort of a Yeah It's not, I mean, it is kind of cartoony But it almost looks like the old EC horror comics or something With the way the shading's so, done I actually did not recognize that it was Lee Her- uh, Bermejo originally Like yeah. when I read it, it did, it just did not register me That that was who was on the on the art doing yeah. the pencils you you can see it, like you can tell it's him, but it is very different from how he normally. Yeah, does like them. like knowing that and going back and looking it over again, sure. But like that initial read through where I didn't really look at the uh, at the credits list beforehand and just got right into the stories, like it just did not register to me that it was Lee Bermejo. Yeah. But uh, but yeah, it's the art is very good. The story is goofy as shit. Uh, mm-hmm. I kind of like Brian Azzarello just kind of writing a really silly Joker comic as opposed to uh, the last couple that he's done. Right. Well, I mean, that kind of makes sense to me. Like, he's done these sort of dark brooding ones, so let's just do a weird movie parody. Why not? Yeah. Yes. Yes. Yeah, that's Joker. That's it. 80th that anniversary. 80 years of Joker. Yep. They're not making any more Jokers. Nope. Um, ratings? Ratings. Uh, Let's go to the ratings. I'm Scars. Going to, I'm going to give this. I mean, if I used the same sort of criteria I used for the others, then I guess it would be one, two, three. Four, five, six. But that seems very low because there were stories in here I liked a whole lot. So I actually would probably give it an eight out of ten overall and just like sort of discard the stinkers. I would give it a eighty out of one hundred to recognize that it has been eighty whole <laughs> years of the Joker. Uh, okay. But also that I feel that eighty percent of this book is good and twenty percent of it is very bad. Well, I don't think that's true, but the math I... checks out. All right, Larry. Uh, eighty is eighty percent of one hundred, so 
I mean, math checks out. Yeah, you got stinkers like the punchline one and definitely killed the Batman and then some mediocre ones like Penance or whatever, but then ones like Birthday Bugs and Hornet's Nest and Scars are so good that it elevates the whole thing, so. Like, yes, actually. I I would give it like an 8 out of 10 for very much the same reason uh, that you'd given that. Yeah, the actual ratio of like good stories to bad stories is pretty consistent for these anniversary issues so far, but the good stories in this are so good. Yeah. That I I think it puts it above the other anniversary comics that we have uh that we've reviewed so far. Yep. Well, uh that only leaves one coming out which would be the Green Lantern one. So <sighs> get ready for that. Great. Cuz I love Green Lantern so much. Well, who doesn't? I mean, the movie was so good. Ryan Reynolds. <laughs> I mean, probably now at this point. Actually, I think Ryan Reynolds probably likes Green Lantern. He just yeah. does not like that movie. Yeah. It's nice that they finally let Ryan Reynolds do a comic book movie that he actually like is enthusiastic about instead of continually giving him these characters and then fucking them up. Well, unfortunately, it was Deadpool, but what are you going to do? Yeah. Uh, so is that it well, for Well, like, I week? wonder what actually... Well, I, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle games. What? Gotta talk about them. Gotta oh, talk I, about the Ninja Turtle games, Larry. You're, I played them all. You're ruining the format. That was supposed Too to be first. <laughs> Too bad we're talking about Ninja Turtles now. Oh, great. Larry, who's your favorite Ninja Turtle? Uh, Donatello. We of course know there's Michelangelo, uh, Raphael, Michelobaldra, uh, Leon, and Dan. Yeah, uh, which are the four turtles. Uh, very iconic. Uh, my favorite is uh, Dan because he's got the furthest reach out of all the turtles. He's got that stick. Yeah, bo- a bow stick they call it. Yeah. So I played the uh, the the four main beat 'em up games. Uh, the the original arcade game, I played uh, Manhattan Heist for the NES, uh, Turtles in Time, uh, the arcade version specifically, uh, and Hyperstone Heist, which is kind of Turtles in Time for the Genesis, but also not really. Is, it, Manha- Heist is, is it Manhattan Heist or Manhattan Projects? Manhattan Projects. So I keep okay. getting that wrong because technically... The plot of Manhattan Projects is a heist. Shredder steals Manhattan. It's not about Oppenheimer creating nuclear bomb? No, definitely not. It's about uh, Shredder uses... I forget exactly how he does this, but he basically like lifts all of Manhattan out of the water and turns it into a floating island and is trying to abscond with it. That's so cool. like I keep wanting to call it Manhattan Heist because there is one Turtles game with Heist in the title, but like Manhattan is being heisted in that game. Uh, but I also played the uh, Tournament Fighter games, uh, the one for the SNES and the one for the Genesis. Uh, I did not get around to the one for the NES because uh, that seems like a bad time. Yeah. Yeah. The Genesis one is a bad time for that yes. matter. It is. It's a fucking terrible game. Mm-hmm. So when we talk, why don't we talk about the fighting games first? Uh, okay. The Genesis one, one is. Well, no, they're, that's the thing is they're, they're totally different from well, one another too. Yeah, guess so. 
like that's what's so bizarre about like the the way that they control and they feel are completely separate like the the combos and stuff that you do are different like uh the one for the snes feels a lot closer to like a street fighter than the one for the genesis does yeah but it's um the move commands are more like mortal Kombat, actually which is yeah weird. it's a bizarre fusion of those two things um but then like the visual style yeah the the visual style is also like a, a stark contrast between the two because the one for the genesis uh tries to be more like gritty and gross and grimy in the way it depicts all the characters whereas the grimy. snes one is a lot more like cartoony and vibrant mm-hmm. um and the snes one as a result ends up being way better uh but like the the Genesis one is the one that I remember uh, back in the day because again I've said a million times shocking. I've only had a Sega Genesis. Yeah. <laughs> yes, big shock that I might have some sort of nostalgia for Genesis games in particular. Uh, but I remember getting surprised with this one after going to like a YMCA and then also watching the Muppets Kokomo music video for the first time that same day. I don't know why I have such like a very intimate memory of this one particular day in my life. Uh, because all those things are actually terrible. The, the YMCA, YMCA in particular sucks. Yes, the YMCA is disgusting. Uh, the Turtles Tournament Fighter game for the Genesis also fucking disgusting. Kokomo terrible song. Even when the Muppets sing it, it's a terrible song. It's the best version of Kokomo because the Muppets sang it, but it's still bad. Yeah, I guess so. <laughs> Oh, you guess so? You're the one who, like, ragged on me for the longest time because I thought that I liked Kokomo because of that music video. And then I watched it again and I realized you're right. Oh, yeah, Kokomo's like, terrible. Good. Oh, God. But, like, I yeah, if it's the best version of that possible, I guess. Like, it's a three instead of a one, sure. <laughs> yeah, I mean... But, like, I, I remember, like never really being able to win a single match in that game uh back in the day and then sitting down to play it now when i've i've had a lot more experience with fighting games I'm, i wouldn't say i'm great at them but i'm competent enough that i can make some progress in like a single player fighting game campaign like i still could not beat anyone in that thing yeah it it feels like there's just this weird latency with all the inputs that the characters move a lot too slow, they're way too heavy, and that the enemies just, they dish out way, way, way too much damage. It also just felt like super imprecise getting your combo inputs in. Like, they just would not register for me. Think about how good it would be if Arc System Works did, like, a Dragon Ball Fighter style thing, but for oh, the man. Turtles. Yeah, wouldn't it also be good if, like, Platinum Games made a Ninja Turtles, like, no. beat-em-up? No. <laughs> Don't. Don't put that evil on me. Don't make me remember that. Larry, it'd be great. You could, like, slide along the ground on your shell. Uh, oh, God. If um, they had, like, an open world thing, it's like you just kind of wander around and hide things, follow things on your compass, and then it like everything just feels bad. Platinum games. Sure, what were you maybe doing? you could get the team that made the Korra game behind it. Oh yeah, I mean they because they're so good with licensed properties and yeah. also making video games. Sure, the people that yeah, were chained up in the basement of Platinum Studios forced to make games. 
they're just being fed cookie crisp to make video games why cookie crisp it's just like the the electric six thing i'm just thinking of like oh, the yeah. uh the kids that they had like packing all the quarters yeah and uh, uh what, what was who was it that was doing that it wasn't uh, dick that was johnny national i believe okay yeah uh in the movie for context he's uh he's a gambler but he's playing like really low stakes games so yeah, he's, he's just doing ending up with a lot of change yeah and so he needs someone to roll all the change together so he gets these Hmong kids that Dick Valentine is teaching. <laughs> basically makes a sweatshop <laughs> with this Rube Goldberg device that helps roll the quarters. Yeah, like he's, he's, he's there on an exercise bike. <laughs> yeah, and he's paying them with cookie crisp. Yeah. So, yeah, my, my sweatshop payment has been tainted by that movie, so I'm just thinking of, like, Platinum Studios employees being paid in Cookie Crisp to make the Korra game. I forgot about the whole speech Dick Valentine has about the Hamong. That was yeah. so good. Uh, the kid turning to him and just saying, there's no Cookie Crisp at the casino, and that just being an epiphany for him to stop gambling. <laughs> Roulette Stars of Metro Detroit is a pretty good movie. Recommend it. Oh man, I need to watch it again, actually. It's been a while. Um, I'm surprised you forgot about all that stuff. That's like one of the main things. Like that and uh, Taint Nucleus obsessing over the pH the balance in his pool. No, yeah. I, I remembered the quarter rolling thing. I just forgot about the Hamong bit in that. Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, yeah, there's that. There's um, uh, uh, the conversation about Godier stuff. You know, all of the classic um, yeah. bits everyone loves. Yeah. Um, but the Genesis game just it, it 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 feels like sludge. Like there's just a slowness to it that I really don't like. There's a impreciseness to it that makes it very difficult. I had like the difficulty turned all the way down too, and I was still getting my ass kicked, like routinely. Um, I eventually won because I got really upset and just started using save states. Cool. So you know, yes, very cool. Very Not cool. Me not good that game yeah uh the the snes one on the other hand though it's all right yep i played a lot of That's that as a right. wee child and had a good time yeah i actually was able to beat that thing without scumming it the whole way through cool uh, although i think i did not have it on the right difficulty because i'm pretty sure i did not actually oh no that that was um that's the genesis one Genesis one, you have to have it set on normal difficulty, or you don't actually get to see an ending. Great. Yeah, <laughs> and I was not going to do that again, so I watched the ending on YouTube. Uh, was not worth playing the game a second time to get it. It's a very short cutscene, so whatever. Um, yeah. But I kind of like that in the SNES one. It like shuffles up who you fight in what order. Uh, because the game actually crashed on me a few levels in, and I had to start over. And it, like, instead of fighting um, the Rat King as the first fight, it just ended up being, uh, like, that the, the Metalhead robot. Uh, yeah, the one that kind of looks like Shredder. That, that's what pretty much all of them did. Street Fighter and Mortal Kombat really? did that, too. It wasn't always the same order. Yeah. It's, usually see, it I be, never really got very far in Street Fighter 2 on the SNES. Usually I was it would be, like, it. a set mid-boss and then the set in-boss, but other than that, mm. they would be shuffled up. Oh, well, okay. Uh, Karai is the final boss of this game, though, and I really like that it's the, the design of her that has, like, the big shoulder pads jacket. Mm -hmm. 
from the Mirage comics. That's my favorite, Karai. Yeah. Uh, it's a real shame that the way that they draw her now does not have big, puffy 90s shoulder pads. Mm. Very upset about this. Um, uh, it's all the SJWs, you know, they decided no more shoulder pads. Ugh. They're trying to make women look like men by making their shoulders big. Can't have that. Exactly. That's what I, they say I'm on joining, the internet. Joining Comic Skate because of the lack of shoulder pads on Karai. Oh no. I'm gonna go back Ethan Van Skyvier's uh fro- frog cyber frog. Is that it? It looked terrible. Sure. Yeah. Um The only frog I like is Frogger. Best... I was gonna ask you, what's the best frog in video games? Frogger it... two Swampy's Revenge. What about Frog from uh Chrono Trigger? He's pretty good. I like that frog. Mm. What about the frogs from Metal Gear Solid 4? Yeah, they're not real frogs. But they call them frogs. Uh, yeah, that's just a unit name. They're not actual frogs. We're talking about real know. frogs. Mm. Real video game frogs. I guess I'd have to go with the frog from uh, Chrono Trigger. Though. What about the frog got that suit sword. from Mario 3? That's not a real frog. You just got... <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ, Larry. I just wanted to see if you were going to stick to the criteria. What about well, the frog from Frog Fractions? Oh shit! Well, the right answer was in front of her face the entire time. Exactly. It's embarrassing. It took us that long to get there. Uh, yeah, a big shock. I like the SNES version of Tournament Fighters a whole lot more than the Genesis version because that is the correct answer. Mm-hmm. Uh, there are three of those games, and the only one that's worth playing is the SNES one. Um, and even then, I think there's way better fighting games. Uh, I'm with you that I think an ARC system works. Ninja Turtles game would be fantastic, and it's too bad that will never happen. Nope. Yeah. Uh, but the beat-em-ups uh, are, are much more consistently good. Uh, the original arcade game is fantastic. Uh, it's pretty much what made the beat-em-up genre what it is. Uh, I'm actually not really sure... What there was in the arcades As far as beat-em-ups go That had as much staying power At that time Double Dragon Yeah But besides that Was it really Simpsons Like No, Simpsons I thought came out after the Original TMNT arcade Um, Uh, Golden Axe Because I The Golden Axe also came after, didn't it? I don't know. I, w- I want to say that like TMNT Arcade and like Double Dragon was basically it at that point in time. That like oh. TMNT Arcade is what made that genre more popular and really kind of take off. Um, uh, Golden Axe came out a few months before TMNT. Really? Yep. Golden okay. Axe was May 89 and TMNT was November 89. Weird. I thought that like Golden Axe was more towards like 1990 or 1991, but uh, uh, I guess I'm wrong. Guess I'm wrong. Trying to look at Streets of Rage. Uh... Well, Streets of Rage, I'm pretty sure was 91. Yes, it was. I was thinking maybe it came out in arcades first, but no, I guess not. No, no, that definitely was the Genesis. Um, I know it was on the Genesis. It, but so was no, Golden but Axe. I mean, like, 
I'm saying that the development of Streets of Rage was definitely entirely like that was Genesis first and foremost. That's something like when we eventually get to the Streets of Rage games, I want to get into because like the development of that game is fascinating. Final fight, Wait, there was oddly a... enough, was December '89. Came out after oh, really? TNT. Yeah, I was thinking. Huh. I thought, oh, Final Fight, that must be earlier, but no. No, see, I thought Final Fight was even later. Oh. Okay. Huh. Okay. That, that, no, that, I mean, that makes sense, actually, when I kind of think about, like, the presentation and, and the music and, and the controls and everything in Final Fight, how it feels a lot more, like, clunky. Yeah, I'm not a huge fan of the, of the original Final Fight. I don't think it's particularly good. I don't think it's held up very well. No. I, I, it looks like that's kind of the original batch, basically, was Golden yeah. Axe, TMNT, Final Fight, like, all in 89. Uh, yeah Because before that it was just like Double Dragon and Renegade mm. Which are very simplistic In comparison So Yeah but but still like the, the genre Blew up at that point in time the, That original yeah, yeah. batch which Team and TRK Was very much a part of Like I I remember That game in particular uh, When I lived In Chicago there was a bar uh, that at least in Chicago, when you're underage, you can totally go inside bars. Uh, but this had like a back room area that had like a bunch of arcade cabinets and a claw game. And I ended up spending a lot of time in there just eating chicken wings and playing TMNT arcade and winning uh, the Monstars plushes from Space Jam out of the claw machine. <laughs> you want to know what's really messed up? River City Ransom predates all of them. That came out in April of '89. Oh, that... Okay. Yeah, no, I could kind of see that. Yeah. I completely forgot about River River City. Well, it's Ransom. just it's just weird because you would think that comes later because of the blend of like RPG stuff in it, uh, but no. Yeah, that's it was true. before those. Huh. River City Ransom ahead of its time. Yep. In many ways. Neat. Yeah. Uh, but I yeah I got a Barf. lot of fond memories of, uh, of of wasting my dad's money actually beating TMNT arcade like on an arcade cabinet. I'm not sure how much of his cash I flushed away, but I'm certain the fact that he was in the bar and he was drunk helped. Probably. I just keep keep going up to him and asking him for a ton, mm-hmm. and then taking it back with me to get further in TMNT arcade. Uh, but that game's still great. Like it just feels really really good. It holds up from top to bottom. The NES okay. version of that game is alright Eh, okay it is, a, it is a decent conversion For what the NES hardware is uh, Alright, I guess so It's fine It's fine Yeah I mean, obviously it's, you're not going to play the NES version If you have the arcade version of it. No, it It is better than the side-scrolling NES one I guess Oh yeah I mean, it didn't take much effort to be better Whoa, than that, though. Whoa, no, like, you know what? I'm taking this back. Uh, Apparently, the what? NES version is garbage. Famitsu what? gave it a 26 out of 40, so you know it's got to be what? bad. We got famitsu again, Larry. <laughs> and yet, GamePro gave it 23 out of 25. Who All to believe? That, hmm. It's a weird split between GamePro and Famitsu. <laughs> Yeah, usually I mean, they have parody with each other. It's hard to tell really what they thought about it without seeing the little heads, like how excited they are. Oh sure, 
the the weird warhead looking characters that yep. they had to depict their thoughts on a video game. Yep, it's always it was always weird to me how it looked exactly like the warhead head. Yeah. Uh, but Manhattan Project is basically just more of TMNT Arcade on the S uh, on the NES, uh, which is to say, it's perfectly fine. It's a decent beat 'em up for for that. Oh no, what did they have to say about Manhattan Projects? I don't know, I didn't look it up I'm saying if it's oh, okay. the same as the first one Then apparently it's oh. not very good You should probably look it up I want, to, I want to hear what Famitsu has to say about Manhattan Projects It's probably wrong, whatever their opinion is uh, There's TMNT Mutants in Manhattan Which is not No, looking it's not the right one Wait Is it Manhattan like, that's actually the That's a PC no, game Manhattan. No, Manhattan <laughs> no, it's Manhattan Project. Yes, it's the Manhattan Project is the thing. So oh, that, that was what messed it up. God damn it! Uh, <laughs> I'll never remember the name of this game. Uh, yeah, well, Famitsu gave this a twenty-seven out of forty. So, oh wow, it's better than TMNT Arcade. Then. Yep, a slight improvement. Uh, like Manhattan Project is a perfectly fine game. Uh, it, it controls good. The the problem I have with it is there's too much game in there. It really kind of slogs and drags its heels for a beat 'em up game, and the bosses are kind of just bullshit. Like, like there's very few windows of opportunity to actually hit them. I love this new character you've devised, unfrozen what? caveman game reviewer. It control good. <laughs> it control good. I think my mic might have cut out because that's not what I said. No, you said controls good, and that was enough. <laughs> it just made me think of you like pounding on NES controllers saying, Me like graphics. Play Soltar. Video, video game control good. Bosses not good. Bad. Too long. Feel good. Control nice. I like video game. Right. Frog hungry. <laughs> Fire. Fire. No, it, it's Oog, uh... rip Oog head off. <laughs> it's it's just it's a it's an okay it's a it's a fine beat 'em up game whatever. It, Turtles in Time though was the one that everyone actually gives a shit about and appropriately so because that game fucking whips. Big Apple, 3 a.m. Yeah, Alley Cat Blues. Uh huh. Yeah. Sewer surfing. Prehistoric Turtle Sores. Uh huh. Bury My Shell at Wounded Knee. <laughs> right. <That's laughs> Which is one. probably actually the best level name in that entire game. Yeah. Um. Yeah, God, Turtles in Time is so good. Like, it, it just feels like a complete improvement upon the arcade like the original one uh even though they didn't need to improve shit on that because that game was fantastic but man like turtles in time feels even better like graphically it looks really fucking good it still holds up incredibly well today yep like the soundtrack is amazing absolutely uh, it's so good in fact that when they did that remake everyone flipped the fuck out about the soundtrack not being the same yeah Remember the remake? <laughs> yeah, can't buy it anymore, Remember. but I have it. No, you can't even play it anymore. Yes, you can. No, I tried to play that like a week ago. 
I started it up because I had it installed still on my Xbox. It will let you play the first level, and then it boots you out of the game. Huh. Yeah, they they basically took everything out and just leave you with the demo. Weird. And unfortunate, because, like, look, Reshelled is not... I thought Reshelled was fine. I think that that game gets more shit than it deserves. Obviously, the original Turtles in Time is a much better game, and you don't really need to remake it at all. But, like, as far as game preservation goes, like, that should still be available, regardless. Yeah, yeah. I remember so to find out that mostly like, mad about it because you could attack diagonally, which really does like trivialize a lot of the encounters. Yeah, but... it makes it easier. But then also, I think that if you're kind of trying to rebalance that thing to not be an arcade experience, then that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. It's so like obviously, you, you know, the arcade game is meant to suck all your money away when you release that thing as a single product that you pay for once. You have to retune the balancing of it, uh, similar to how like the one on the SNES is easier to approach than the arcade version. Um, although that doesn't have any kind of like diagonal sort of, yeah, whatever. But the SNES one's kind of neat too because it also changes some stuff around, like uh, that. Um, forget the name of the level but like the future one where you're chasing krang oh yeah yeah i like in the arcade version that's still totally just a side scrolling level but then on the snes you have uh mode seven so you gotta use all the mode seven you possibly can uh-huh it turns it into like an f-zero track and honestly kind of like it more than the arcade version that uh, one level. i don't but okay I think it makes it more unique uh, because they already had like those sort of art auto scrolling things like in a uh, sewer surfing. So yeah, yeah, I guess so. It helps it stand out more. But yeah, and Turtles in Time is, is very good. That's also another game that I uh, am very thankful to have experienced like on an actual arcade cabinet. Um, mm-hmm. Growing up, there was a, a pizzeria that my mom would take us to every now and then and they had a Turtles in Time cabinet. Uh, that I would play while she ate pizza alone, which is actually kind of depressing. <laughs> uh, I would get uh, free personal pan pizzas from reading books and stuff for school, and uh, the only arcade machine they had at the Pizza Hut was Altered Beast. So oh, I'm I, so sorry. Yeah, I tried playing that once, and you know, you get the wise from your grave, and that's good. And then you actually play the game. It's like, oh no. Uh, yeah. So I didn't play much of that. That's a man. Ultra Beast is another weird. This game is associated with pizza thing for me. Like, I don't know if it's just that, like, my crappy brain, the way that it operates, that with a lot of these old games, I associate them with other, like, certain events from my childhood. So, no, like, I with think that's TMNT. Okay. Because, like, with, with TMRT Arcade, like I said, it's all TMRT. about, like, it takes me back to. TMRT, <laughs> TMT, RTM, yeah. Teenage Mutant Hero Turtles: The Arcade uh, takes me back to that very specific moment of being in that bar eating chicken wings and getting real good at a claw machine. And so, like, when I want to sit down and play that game now, I have this compulsion to like go out to the grocery store and buy some chicken wings. Mm-hmm. Like th- that association has just kind of like formed there. Uh, 
So similarly with Turtles in Time, it was uh, getting like brick oven pizza where like the, the pepperoni like curls up on you. Mm-hmm. You get that little like pool of grease in it that's like really fucking good. Mm, like, okay. That's uh, what I think of every time. But with Altered Beast, uh, it was that I would always play that at a friend's house. And every time we went over to that friend's house, we would get this thin crust uh, pizza that we would like put a bunch of Tabasco sauce on it. Uh, so when I played Altered Beast recently, I made myself very fucking sick eating pizza with a bunch of Tabasco sauce on it and then remembering that Altered Beast is in fact terrible. Yeah, real bad. I thought that was a good memory, but like re-experiencing it, it's awful. <laughs> For me, most of my associations like that are due to music uh, and what I was listening to at the time when I was playing it, which results in weird things like... Uh, when I listen to White Blood Cells by the White Stripes, it is either conjuring memories of the outfit for the Xbox 360 or Grandia 3 for the PS2 and stuff like that. See, it's just like... Uh, I think that's going to happen now with me, actually, and uh, Pure Solar in particular, because I listen to so much Art Bell while playing that game oh no like i've been thinking about listening to art bell again and every time i am like going to pull up art bell stuff i think man i should really have like a good jrpg to pair with this like Mm -hmm. something where there's just long stretches of me wandering around aimlessly and listening to truck drivers try to convince this man that they've time traveled it's also just listening to weird stuff like there'll be oddly specific things i would remember like there was a a comedy death ray episode i think it was before it was bang bang uh where matt besser was playing one of the old ladies that made the happy birthday theme song uh or not theme song just happy birthday song yeah and so i think of that and i can remember the exact part of a desert level in dynasty warriors gundam 2 that i was playing when <laughs> listening to that uh just things like that God, my I also have an association with comedy, bang bang, and video games, and it is unfortunately Assassin's Creed Revelations. Yeah, because I was listening to a lot of comedy, bang bang, while I was playing that game. Um, Shin Megami Tensei Nocturne for me, is Revelations like... is um, the uh, audio video disco by Justice. It came out like at, at the same time as Assassin's okay. Creed Revelations. Yeah. When I was playing uh, Shin Megami Tensei Nocturne, uh, I was listening to a lot of Loveline at that mm-hmm. point in time. So like the um, Morning After Pill episode, which is pretty infamous for, for people who are into Loveline, like that is associated with me fighting the fucking Matador. <laughs> so, the, uh, <laughs> so the James the Zoo Sexual episode for me is related to Master oh, Gundam no. fighting the Big Zam. So <laughs> <laughs> I think that that worked out pretty well. Yeah, no, that's that's a really good pairing that goes together like wine and cheese. Yeah. Um, I I remember listening to the uh, ICP episode while playing Sonic Colors. <laughs> oh, <laughs> I I'm trying to remember what it was. I was I also remember playing a game while listening to that, but I don't remember what it was. I think it was like Dirt Two. I'm pretty sure. Maybe the first that... Dirt. That's a good game to listen to Loveline while playing, actually. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I, I don't know. I, TMNT, MTTRTMT, uh, TIT, TIT, Turtles Help 
Doc and TMNRT. Yes, that TMNRT uh, just McFly. reminds me of my mom sitting alone in a pizzeria eating pizza by herself. Which I was like, Better like days. later on in my life, just kind of took as like, oh, that's really depressing. And then somebody pointed out to me like, probably not because she was able to get away from her screaming children for a while. Because like you and your sister would go fuck around in the arcade. Yeah. And like leave her alone for a bit. So that's actually a positive memory. <laughs> uh, speaking of like arcade games that I actually got to play on uh, on hardware, like actual arcade cabinets uh, way back when Virtual On was one that my uh, movie theater Ooh. actually had the arcade cabinet for. And that thing is amazing. Yeah. Double joysticks. Hell yes. Like, I still like uh, Virtual On for the, the Dreamcast. Or Oratangio Tangrim. Oratario Tangram. Oreo Tangrio Tim Timgrim. Um, but yeah, actually being able to have like the, the twin sticks on that thing. Oh, God, it feels so good. So good. Mm-hmm. Obviously, I had stuff like uh, Terminator 2, the arcade game, where you yeah. had like the. Uh, that one's okay. Oh, we had Revolution House of the X. Dead. No, Area I don't. 51. We did not have. No, we didn't have that either. Mm. And Daytona USA, of course, because everybody did. Once here didn't, actually. What? Yeah. Oh, Daytona was... USA is fantastic. And the one I spent the most time in the arcade was uh, Third Strike, probably. Mm. And Soul yeah, Calibur we had a... 2, I think. We had a movie theater that had, uh, I want to say it was Marvel vs. Capcom 2. When I was living in Indiana mm. Yeah, that's a pretty good one Anyway, Turtles in Time uh, Very, very, very good game uh, yeah. Hyperstone Heist is the last one uh, Before we wrap up here um, th- It's the only Turtles beat-em-up game that released For the Sega Genesis uh, It is ostensibly A remake of Turtles in Time for the Genesis But also it's kind of not Because like the, the first half of that game the first level is in the sewers, like a an on-foot version of sewer surfing. And then you go to Alley Cat Blues, and then you go back into the sewers, and it's another on-foot section, and then you fight Baxter Stockman in, like, a mech in the sewers, okay. rather than as, like, a fly man. Yeah. And then after that, you go to uh, the, the, the pirate ship level. But, like, you start out on the surfboard, and that is the Genesis version of, like, the side, like the auto-scrolling sewer surfing as you're, like, in the ocean going to the pirate ship. So, and then so you do all the pirate ship remix. stuff. Yeah, but when the pirate ship stuff is over with, you go into, like, a cave that is not represented at all in Turtles in Time, and the rest of the game from that point on is not Turtles in Time at all. Like, you okay. go to... Uh, you go to Shredder's like Japanese style mansion in Manhattan and you fight um Oh god, why am I blanking on his name? He's in the Ninja Turtles movies, he's Shredder's like second in command. Oh, we never remember that guy's name. But you know what like the bald yeah. guy. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. You fight him. Like he's in the game. Okay. Yeah. He's throwing knives at you and he summons like a bunch of foot soldiers that you gotta fight. And it's weird because it's still like the Ninja Turtles cartoon foot soldiers, but then you have uh you have this dude <laughs> summoning yeah. them in. Yeah. Um 
And when you beat him, you then go to the gauntlet, which is another cave area that just makes you refight all of all the bosses. Um, well, actually, no, you don't fight Baxter Stockton in the sewers. I'm sorry, you fight uh, Leatherhead in the sewers. Okay. The bosses are, you do Leatherhead, you do uh, the, the dude from the Ninja Turtles movie, and then Baxter. Uh, and then there's, I think, like a Krang boss and then Shredder at the end of the game. But yeah, like the final area is just the Technodrome stuff, but like it weirdly diverges and like the first half of that game is kind of a bizarre remix of Turtles in Time. And then like the plot is not Turtles in Time at all. It's instead that like Shredder has stolen the Hyperstones, which let him kind of like alter reality. And so he's like, shrunken down the statue of liberty uh and has has taken it uh captive along with like all the people that were uh like april o'neill who's reporting on stuff outside the statue of liberty it's mm-hmm. weird it's weird that is the titular heist is him shrinking stuff down and isn't stealing she, it putting it in glass domes isn't she also outside the statue of liberty in a tournament fighters I seem to yes, remember also, like you're standing there right next to the Statue of Liberty. She also is outside the Statue of Liberty and Turtles in Time, I'm pretty sure. Like oh. the thing with Hyperstone Heist is it reuses like Turtles in Time cutscenes, but it completely changes the context of what is actually happening. Mm. Um, okay. And it feels it feels slightly different too, uh, because obviously they they had to build it up for entirely new hardware. They didn't just port the game over. Um there's like a certain move that you're missing in particular and I'm completely blanking on what it actually is now but uh it's like still a really solid game like it doesn't divert too much from what made those beat em ups work so it plays perfectly fine it's a lot of fun I enjoy it uh it's not as good as Turtles in Time it's not as good as the original arcade game but it's still pretty it's solid. garbage ratings what what <laughs> oh no um hmm there's the not that much game... to say about these things. Just wrap it up. We're two hours yeah. in. Yeah, I'd I'd give all the Ninja Turtles games collectively uh, eight slices of pepperoni out of ten. Okay. I would they're give... overall pretty good. I would give TMNT Arcade a seven. It's pretty good. It's more a foundational thing. Turtles in Time, sure. I'd give a either I'd give it an eight point five, I suppose. Not my favorite. I'd give it a t- beating them up, what? but I give it a good. ten out of ten. Uh, I'll bump it up. Turtles to in Time then. to me, Turtles in Time to me is a perfectly crafted beat 'em up game. I would not like it as much if not for the soundtrack, which is one of the best of all time. Uh, Agreed. Then the others I don't care about. A tournament fighter is pretty good. I'd also give that a seven point five. It's no Street Fighter, you know, but as far as licensed games go, especially, pretty good. I'd give it like a a six. I think. Like, I think that there are just a lot of better fighting games at that period of time, like oh, yeah. on the SNES too. That I don't know if I'd really recommend people play tournament fighters. Mm, if you the Genesis the one other... gets a fucking one out of ten though like definitely don't play that like if you look at the other super nintendo fighting games like it's basically it's street fighter 2 mortal Kombat, yeah and that's street fighter 2 turbo street Uh, fighter 2 like turbo championship edition yeah championships championship that one's good fighter 2 turbo alpha uh alpha is a different series street fighter 2 alpha turbo mega mix super 
I believe it was just Championship Addiction, Turbo, and then Super <laughs> Championship Speed, Addiction, because it's so good, you don't want right. to stop playing. You need more of exactly. it. Exactly. Glad you got one on me this time. <laughs> uh, Mr. Game Control Good. Uh, but yeah, and then <laughs> Super core. Super Street Fighter 2 Turbo, which that was the one with Akuma. That's the best yeah. one. Yeah. Uh, yeah the, look, no eyebrows. The Ran the Ranma one half no. fighting game is on the SNES, and that is much better than Tournament Fighters. No, that it is, is not. my hot take. It absolutely is not. Yeah, look, bad. there's no, there's there are two Ranma one half <laughs> fighting games. One of them is very yes, good. Are. One of them is very bad. No, they're both bad. Actually, uh, one is extremely bad, you? and the other one is just like it's well, like subpar. That's... The one that you're referring to that's extremely bad also like didn't even come out here. Like it yeah. came out, but they completely they rebranded it, it as something Street else and made Combat. it look Yeah, and it looks even worse. Yeah, but also Ranma One Half Hard Battle is very bad. How well, dare you? Not I I'm being hard on it. It is again subpar is the best way to describe it. it I not legitimately good. think it is better than tournament fighters. Uh, also no. better than Tournament Fighters, uh, the Gundam Wing Endless Waltz fighting game. That one's all right. You know I'm right about this. Uh, I don't know if it's actually and better. A, I think they're about the same. I, uh, and there's that uh, Power Rangers one with the messed up Ivan Ooze boss <laughs> character. With the really fucking big, like... Uh, UI elements uh-huh. that take up like a whole third of the screen. Oh, yeah. 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 I mean, look, they're mega zords also. They're going to take up a bunch of the screen too. So look you, how you just big, look at the these sprites big sprites are. That's right. It's like yeah. China Warrior for the Turbo Graphics. Exactly. Or no, Jaguar. Yeah. Bigger uh, the sprites, the better the game. Exactly. Uh, no, China Warrior is also on the. China Warrior is on the Turbo Graphics. E- oh, yeah, 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 yeah. It is. Yeah. Okay, yeah, good. I was right the first time. That uh, game is too good for the Atari Jaguar. Like the what? The Atari Jaguar. 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 The Jag. Well, that's it for this week. Finally, we're done. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you for listening. Whoever stuck it through to the end, I'm like, why? Really? Why? To hear about Ninja Turtles. No, that's and not... the jokers, the jokester. Well, uh, yeah, that's the good stuff. For both of us, completely tripping over words because uh, speech is hard. It's difficult talking. I don't know how to say words good. Yeah, video game, video game, good. Goodbye, dinosaur. Thank you. Talk about me, baby. Say I'm doing you wrong, doing you wrong. Well, don't you worry, baby, don't worry. Cause I'm right here, right here, right here, right here at home. Cause I'm a picker, I'm a grinner, I'm a lover, and I'm a sinner. I'm a joker I'm a smoker I'm a midnight toker I 
Clam digger. I don't think clam digger is clam uh, digger. Give Oog clam digger. Oh, you're gonna love this boy. Tyrone calls you up, you know, on the phone and says, I can dig more clams than you, stupid. And you gotta say, No, nah, boy. And you're gonna rush down to the beach with your buckets and your shovels. And the object of the game is to find parking. No clam digger. 